Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurman Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now in Masachet Nidad of Samech Tet Amud Bet. About to take a look at Mishnah Gimel in this, the final parak of Masachet Nidad. Uh, sort of a strange presentation. Hazav vehazav vahanida vahayoledet vahametzorah. These are all uh, those who have tumot yotzot bigufan. We'll see what their co- another common feature that they have that is unique to these five. Shemetu, if they died in that state. Betamid bemasa. They have tumat masa, which is a little bit strange because any mate has tumat masa. Achi mokabasar, until the flesh is all melted away and there's nothing left. Now, we'll see all about that. Goy shemate, if a non-Jew dies, even though a non-Jew midrabana is called a zav, tahormi the tame. He doesn't have tumat, that same tumat that we're talking about. All women who die are in a state of nida when they die. Betila said, only if she happened to be a nida, then she has a status of nida when she dies, but not otherwise. We'll see what Betila's reasoning is, and of course it would be very difficult to talk about a girl who's four years old dying, or a woman who's in her 90s dying and be classified as a nida, so we'll see where Betila is coming from. Now, Maibu Masa, when we said that uh, these five have Tumat Masa when they're dead, even Masa Mamash, if it really, really means Tumat Masa, which is when you pick something up, let's say on a tray, or pick up a bed that has a mate on it, every mate is Matam Masa. Alad Masa be Evan Misma. Masa here refers to Evan Misma, which is a halacha that we've seen referenced a couple times in the Masachet. It's a unique halacha. Uh, to these five, Dichtiv, Veitit Evan Chadav Sumat Al Pum Guva. Now, this pasuk is only brought to associate the, explain, explain the word Misma, Misma from Lashon Lasim, something that's placed. Uh, and as often happens, the sin in Tanakh becomes a Samach in rabbinic, uh, writing. But the idea that this is the rock that was placed over the lion's den when the Daniel was thrown in, so it's a placed rock. What's a placed rock? When you have a huge boulder that isn't movable or te- typically uh, portable, and one of these five that have Tumayotzeit Bikufam is on top of it, all the Kelim that are under it are Tameh. That's not true about a mate or about anybody else. And that's uh, another, again, unique characteristic common to these five. So my Tama, what's the reason? Why is it that these five have Tumayot Masamarav? Because even though once a Zav dies, he's no longer a Zav, he's just, um, uh, he's just a uh, mate, there's a gzerah because let's say that a zav goes and lies down somewhere and lies still and people think he's dead and then they think the killing that are underneath are not tameh because of having misma. Therefore they said if a zav lies there until the point that his skin is really off, then uh, we, we, we are concerned that he may be alive and be matame. So he says, until the stomach gets all distended or busts open, then, uh, then we are still concerned he may still be alive. Okay, Goishimate. So Tanya, Amarabi Maimamru Goishimate, Tomilatam Masa, why is it going to have too much masa? Because the whole deen that a zav, that a goy is a zav automatically, as we saw way back in the, for the fourth parak, is midrabanan. So the, so the rabbanan did not extend it past death. And this now is going to take up most of this podcast. Twelve things that the Jews in Alexandria asked Rabbi Shua, it's really Rabbi Shua Hanania, the fa- our famous Rabbi Shua, was a levy who worked in the Mikdash as a young man, and he came to Alexandria, or they sent a message to him, and they asked him twelve different questions. 
three were actually issues of wisdom. Three were Agada. We'll see they're all three very parallel. Gimel Divrei Burut, three were silly questions. And Gimel Divrei Derech three were about protocol. So it's evenly divided up, 12 questions, three, 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 three. Gimel Divrei Chochma, three of them are wisdom, and you could tell, you could figure what the first one's going to be, which is why it's here. Hazav Hazavanid, Vayolad Vamsar, Shemetu, Anmatai Matamin Vamasat. So we know that if they died, that they have this Tumat Evan Misma, but how long? Amalana Achimo Kabasar. We quoted the Mishnah, until the flesh falls apart. Okay, and that was it. The rest of these questions have nothing to do with Nida. Bat Meshulachat. Now what's a Bat Meshulachat? The Torah provides in Perak Chavdalot of Tvarim that if a man divorces a wife and she goes and marries another man and that second man either divorces or dies she may not return to her first husband. It's called Machzir Gushato and the Torah refers to it as a To'eva, an abomination. Now, Bat Meshulachat. Let's say that a man does return his wife after she married another man, a violation, and they have a daughter. Mayim Kohen, can that daughter marry a Kohen? And what they asked was as follows. Do we have a Kalvachomer from an Almana? The Almana's inability to marry a Kohen Gadol is unique to a Kohen Gadol. Nonetheless, if they have a child, that child is Pagum, and if that child is a uh, is a uh, girl, then she can't marry into the kuhunah, the chalala. Zushi surah shavavakol machzir grushato applies to everybody. Enodin shibna pagum. Certainly, the child should be unfit for kuhunah. Odilma, we can flip the other direction. Malamana kohen gadol sheyatzom michalot. If an almana marries a kohen gadol, has be with the kohen gadol, she herself becomes a chalala. So even if he were to then die and she remained an almana, she could not marry another kohen, right? As opposed to machzir grushato, where there is no impact on the on the Grusha herself, as far as her status, she's just violating an Easter as long as she's married to her old husband second time around. So Marlahan, and what was his answer? He toivavin banah toivin. It's a sugyan. You've almost in several places that we say toivahi, and the, the he is is about the action but we learn it as being about the woman. The woman is a toiva, but not her children. Her children are unaffected, and therefore the daughter of such a Forbidden union could still marry a Kohen Gadol. Now, she could marry a Kohen. She could marry a Kohen Gadol too. Now, third question they asked of Tivir Chochma. Got two people who are Metzorain, and right now we'll preface, they are Metzorain who are of means, which means they're going to bring the proper korban of three animals. They each brought three animals, and their animals got mixed together. So they had two Ashamot, two Olot, and two Chataot. And, uh, one of his, one of their Korbanot, meaning one of the set got, got brought, Umeitachad and one of them died. Which means now you got a second guy who may have already had Kapara, may not have. What do we do? As long as they're both alive, it's not a problem. You bring one Korban and you say, whoever owns it is there, and the other one, whoever owns it is there. But here, the second guy may not have had Kapara, may have had Kapara. Hashanim Matela, what do we do with him? Hamalah answer was, Remember that a Metzorah who is impoverished has a different korban, a much lesser korban with the birds. says, what does he do? The second guy gives all his property away. Temporarily, of course. He gives all his property away. Now he's an ani. Maybe chatatov, a balasafek. And he can now bring chatatov. In other words, two of the animals are going to be birds. Chatatov will be birds. The asham is still an animal. So they said, Vayika Hasham, we still have a problem with the Hasham. Was his Hasham brought or not? He can't bring another one because it's Chulim Azara, maybe. And he can't rely on one because it may not have been his. 
So Shmuel says that's only if his Hashem was already brought and then the guy died. So Rav Sheshit, meaning both Hashemot were brought and one Chatat and Allah were brought and then the guy, one guy died. Rav Sheshit, how could Shmuel, such a great man, how could he give such an answer? Come on, because who's he following? If you recall, we had a three-year machloket. It's in the Mishnah and in, in, in the end of Nigayim, but we invoked it earlier. Between Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Eliezer, about which korban is koveya your wealth, meaning when a korban is brought, whatever your status of wealth, poor or rich, is is established at that point for the rest of the korban. If it's according to Rabbi Yudah, who says the asham is koveya. So if the Asham was already brought, he was already wealthy, he didn't write his stuff away. He didn't give his stuff away. And he was and he brought the Asham, then he can't bring the Khatat and the Olah of the poor person because if a Korban was if a Mitzorah was Ani and he brought a Korban and then he became wealthy, or Ashirani or the opposite, he was wealthy and became poor. Shimon says whenever you brought the Khatat, whatever your status was at that point, that's it. It follows the day earlier when you did the process with the tziporim. Okay, and they 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 uh, talk about uh, the kaparato, which is the kaparat. So if he's following Rabbi Yehuda, his position makes no sense because if the asham was already brought, he's already set in as a rich man. Writing his stuff away won't help. If it's like Rabbi Shimon who says the chatat kava. So, which means you didn't bring the Hasham yet, because the Chatat comes first. So, let him bring another one. Because Rabbi Shimon says you can bring another Korban. So, if he's following Rabbi Shimon here, then he should allow just to, to bring other Korban out and not have to mess with writing your property away and, and pretending that you're a poor man. He could just do that because Rabbi Shimon's position is, uh, in the case, um, where, um, where, um, sh- when he uh, was, uh, poor and became rich, he could just bring the next day, uh, sorry, when it's a confusion about whether it was his or the other fellows, uh, he could just bring, uh, the Korban the next day. He brings the Korban, he brings the Asham, the, the Log Shemin with it. They put him up in Sharni Kanor, even though he might have already had Kapara. And he says, if I'm a Mitzorah, here's my Korban. Otherwise, it's a, it's a Nadova. And turn it into Shlamim. And either way, it's eaten only by the Kohanim, etc. We have to treat it like Koche Kochim. You still have to do the Matnat Behonot on the toe and the thumb, etc. And on the ear. Usmicha, like a shlamim. Unisachim, like a shlamim. Utnufa, like a shlamim. Chazavishok, like a shlamim. Benachal, zichechuna, liyom valayla, like an asham. We do all the chumrot. But that means Rabbi Shimon would allow you to do both. And so therefore, but if Shmuel is taking Rabbi Huda's position, the Hashem was already brought too late. If Shmuel is taking Rabbi Shimon's position, then um, you don't need to go through the process of giving your property away. You could just bring another korban and be matna. Um, the, and the reason Chacham did not agree with Rabbi Shimon, because they said you're going to end up having kodshim that are going to be nifsal here. 
So the answer is Shmuel Sama like Rav Shimon Achad and Pavel Shmuel agrees with Rav Shimon that Chatat is Koveya, but disagrees with Rav Shimon about the issue of being able to bring a second korban al Tanai, and therefore he says you have to do the thing with turning yourself into an Ani. Okay. The next three sets, the next set of three questions that were asked to uh, Rav Shua were Divrei Agada. And this was as follows. They all follow the same pattern. That uh, in Yechezkel, the very famous passage about uh, God says, I do not want anyone to die. I want them to do tshuva. And then, in, when it talks about Chofi and Pinchas, it says that Chofi and Pinchas refused to listen to their father because Hashem wanted to kill them. In other words, He wanted them not to do tshuva. So which is it? The answer is Kanshos and Shuva, Kandashenos and Shuva. If they do Shuva, then he wants it. But if they're not going to do Shuva, then he's going to look to find a way to kill them. A very famous problem. God does not favor anybody and can't be bribed. On the other hand, God favors Am Yisrael. So the answer is They can put God up. What's this Zardin? That's it. God chose Tzion. That I'm angry at this city and these people. I didn't, instead of choosing Tzion and loving Tzion, he's angry at Tzion. So which is it? The answer is, and it's ever since this place was built. So, when the Mikdash was first built and Shlomo was still doing well and being loyal, that's fine. Once he married Batparo and built him his Bechfer and everything else, then God was angry. Okay, so the three Agadot were all issues of contradiction in text about, essentially about theology. Okay, Shloshad Divrei Burut, then they asked three silly questions. And they're all common, they're also about, all about Tumat Meit. Ishto Shalot Maushet Is Lot's wife, that pillar of salt, Metameh Bemeit? The Torah says a mate's metame, not a pillar of salt. Ben Shunamit Maushitame. In Malachim Bet Perak Dawid, we have the story of Elisha reviving the Shunamit's son. He was dead and is brought to life. But maybe he's metame mate because he had a dean of mate. You have to be dead to be metame. He's alive. He was alive at the time. What about the resurrected dead? Do they need to then get um, uh, on the third and seventh day because they've had contact with the dead because they were dead? When they come back to life, then we'll figure it out. Or the other answer is that when Moshe Rabbeinu will join them, uh, he'll tell us what to do. Okay. The, so those three again all had to do with Tumat Mate. The last three, which are all about protocol or about life, about good advice for life, again, all have a common theme, and the answer is common. How can a person become wise? He should spend a lot of time in the academy and very little time in business. And a lot of people tried that, didn't work. Okay, so they sh- he should ask the one who has all the wisdom, which is God, to give him wisdom. That God will give wisdom from his mouth, there's, there's understanding and discernment. It's like a king who made a feast for his servants. He sends those who he loves, his good friends, what he has in front of him. He has wisdom in front of him, he gives it to his friends. Ask God. So my Kamash so what's Rabbi Shua teaching? 
You need both. You need to do the right thing, which is to study a lot, not get wrong business, not get distracted, and also ask God to help you. Okay. How does a person become wealthy? Do a lot of business. Be very, very honest in your dealings. Again, a lot of people tried that, didn't work. He should ask that the one who has all the wealth should grant him. God says, regarding by Cheney, I own all the silver, all the gold, it's all mine. So my Kamashvan, again, like like the Ruchia's um, Mashal, so my Kamashvan, you need both. You need to do your Hishtadlut, you need to go out there and try to earn a living, and work hard at it, and be honest at it, and you also have to ask God for help. A third one, How do you make sure you have sons? Marry a proper woman, a woman who is proper for you. When you're having biyah, you should think holy thoughts. You should sanctify yourself. A lot of people tried that and didn't work. We know that they tried that. It's unclear. He should ask the one who has all the children, meaning who determines that. Ask God. The God's inheritance is children. And they are the reward of what comes out of the, of the wound, out of the womb. So my Kamash Falan, what's the teaching? Again, you need both. You need to do the right thing and do you, everything you can to try to engender that you have sons. On the meantime, you have to daven for it. So my Schar Priyabatan, what did that Pasuk mean? The Schachar Priyabatan, the, 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 the fruit of the womb. This goes back to Yitzchak's drasha that we saw a lot in the middle part of the Masechet, the Ishamazrat Chila, you'll let it bane. If the woman reaches orgasm first, then it'll be a son. So, Bishar, so that they would delay themselves from having their orgasm until their wife did, that's the Kodesh Baruch who gives them a bracha that they should have Priyabetan. Okay, Bechamayomrim. Now back to the Mishnah. Bechamay says any woman who dies dies with the status of Nida. So my Tamay to Bechamay. Why do they say that? Then when Esther found out that Mordechai was walking around in ragged clothes, she got all scared and trembling. And Rav says that means that she became a Nida. So maybe when a woman is dying and she sees the Malachamavit, she gets scared and she sees Dan. If you recall, Rameyer's position was that charada, which we assume is some sort of fear, uh, re- uh, restrains blood. And that's why if her vessel came and she was in a hiding out from uh, terrorists or from enemies or from an occupying force, that we don't assume her to be tmeyah because charada is like the damim. The answer is halokasha. Pachda tsamit biatuta merapia. There's a difference between anxiety and terror. Anxiety indeed stops everything up, but terror opens everything up. Uh, I mean, this is something that we see all the time that people who are in situations where they have a lot of anxiety, certain body functions may cease. They might have to go to the bathroom. They might uh, uh, suddenly have certain energy. But when they're really scared, like in a momentary big fright, everything opens up. Okay. But if that's Baitchamai's reason, that everybody who dies before they die have this this uh, terrifying experience of seeing the Malachamavet, then call on Hashimei why did Baitchamai say all men who die die in a state of Ziva? We told him, Ein Zav, Zav, parallel to our Mishnah, which is that if he dies as a Zav, he's a Zav, if not, not. 
So ikri kami b'sarov l'machman on so, because that doesn't work. Because if the reason is because of this terror of sing the malachamavet, that's that's an onus. And by the way, that's another problem is that even so, that would only be one re'iyah. And one re'iyah for a zav is nothing. So why would that be the case? And by the way, why would ziva be the thing to come out as opposed to regular carry in a situation like that? So there's lots of reasons why the parallel really doesn't fit. El Tamarit Shamaikin Tamit Shamay has a whole different reason as follows. It's all based on a historic evolution of of uh Tuma in consideration of people. It used to be that they would take the clothes of a woman who died as a Nida and be Matpilben. Anybody who was a Nida today alive was very embarrassed because she's saying that's what's gonna happen to me when I die. Meaning Anybody else who dies is going to be untouched, but me, because if I'm a Nita, then, then I, that's what's going to happen. It's very embarrassing, and they spend their whole lives in anxiety of being embarrassed at the end of their life. So they made a decision, any woman who dies will not build her clothes. To make sure that nobody should feel embarrassed. Nobody should feel embarrassed because it happens to everybody. And therefore, that, that explains everything now. Why a zav, in spite of the onus issue and the one re'iyah and the kind of re'iyah, it used to be that if a man died as a zav, they would take his kingdom and not fill them. Anybody who was a zav now and was concerned that they may have this for a long time and they may die like that was embarrassed. So they made a takana to not fill all the kingdom of any man who dies. Out of kavod for the zavim who are alive, so nobody should have, feel that kind of anxiety. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up with our penultimate podcast of Masachet Nida in the next time. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.